0: welcome everyone wrestling with attitude i couldn't start a podcast without the infamous vince mcmahon call oh
1: podcast! it forever. would not
0: work welcome oh. back everybody wrestling with attitude december 3rd 2022 edition and joining me yet again nick coleman yellow how we doing nick?
1: i am doing wonderful how about yourself
0: i'm doing pretty well i'm doing pretty well we're getting getting back at it with another podcast finally with uh we're gonna be doing today a wrap-up of a few things going on this fall uh for the most part AEW full gear survivor series war games and we are getting into my favorite time of the year and that is the road into the Rumble going into Mania.
1: Yes, it's never. It's always good to be a wrestling fan because a lot of me personally, I love Christmas, but I'm never sad when it's over because that means it's about Rumble time.
0: Exactly. Yes. Exactly. And uh, as us gentlemen here sit in the great state of Maine, it becomes a cold, bitter, snowy winter, and that is one thing uh, for folks like us to look forward to this time That's of
1: year. So wonderful.
0: It sure is. So, so, last time we were with you folks, we we wrapped up SummerSlam, Clash at the Castle, and and a lot of other things going on, um, more gear towards late summer, obviously Vince getting done, so on and so forth, and that's kind of where we left off, but today, um, we're getting together, I think we're going to start, uh, a few weeks back, AW Full Gear, uh, yes. one of their four major events of the year, mm-hmm. and every- Wrapping up their calendar year as far as their pay per view schedule goes,
1: yes, they had, I believe, they this year because they also had Forbidden Door instead of that,
0: right? That is correct. Is is Forbidden Door going to be a are they going to try to do that again, or is that kind of just a
1: I have not heard that they are, but personally, if. It's possible, like, I don't know how companies would work. I would love to see it be an annual thing. They could work with TNA, AAA. I mean, it's highly unlikely, but possibly WWE one day. I think that'd be really cool, but, you know.
0: Anything is possible in wrestling. And, hey, who knows? Vince is gone. Who knows?
1: Who knows? Uh, Who knows?
0: HHH has got a leading...
1: We know, we know. Papa H does not fear the forbidden door. He's got Nakamura going to wrestling, pro wrestling, Noah, and then Carl Anderson's the never open weight champion in IWGP. So you know, who knows what the future holds?
0: Yeah, definitely. So he's already opened a few doors. Yes. Uh, Full gear took place November nineteenth, Newark, New Jersey, at the Prudential Center. With an estimated attendance twelve thousand one hundred and six, this uh, I found according to Forbes did one hundred and forty thousand pay per view buys, which is for for AEW is fair. Yeah, that's uh, not bad. It's not bad. It's it's um I I think obviously they want to do more than that. Their their top pay per view to date was Punk's return in twenty one of two hundred fifteen thousand.
1: Makes sense, and this is the first one.
0: Since his return. Right. Mm. And yeah, say what you want about punk, but uh he's he's a draw. He He, is a draw, uh, that he is. He is the draw for a good batter or indifferent. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) For real. Um so we had a total of thirteen matches on the card. And I I meant to ask you this before. Am I uh the Eddie Kingston match, was that the last on the pre-show?
1: I believe so. Yes, I believe they had. Uh, was it three matches on the buy-in? I can Three on the pre-show yes, and then ten on thought.
0: the action. Oh. Okay. Uh, so on the pre-show, we got started with a uh, ten-man tag match with the best friends Orange Cassidy, Rocky Romero, and Dunhausen um uh, going against the Factory.
1: The Factory. <laughs> I forgot they existed.
0: Yeah, <laughs> this kind of opened the show. I don't know uh, if a lot of people even saw this. Meltzer gave it a three and a quarter rating Jeez, in of course almost twelve minutes.
1: <laughs> um, I- fun I didn't dislike it it was just you know it was some fun house show fun to start the show and there was Dan Housen coming back as very evil Dan Housen his short-lived indie gimmick and I thought that was pretty cool yes
0: yeah. and anytime you include best friends with Orange Cassidy in anything it's it's a good opener
1: Orange yeah. Cassidy's great he's one of the Orange best Cassidy. unsung athletes in the world right now
0: absolutely mm-hmm. so and then in the middle of the, the prelims or pre-show as we want to say Ricky Starks defeated Brian Cage in a title eliminator match, 10 minutes even Mm -hmm. and two and three quarter stars. And I'm just going to, um, blurt out the Meltzer ratings. I know everybody feels differently about uncle Dave. Um, but he kind of is the guy as far as, um, uh, us hardcore wrestlers, um, go to the internet scene as far as rating. So, uh, Solid match. Nothing
1: um, crazy, nothing to write home about, but I'm a big fan of both guys. And it was cool that Ricky beat Brian Cage and then would go on to beat Ethan Page. So uh, I believe a week from this Wednesday, he'll be fighting MJF, and I think that'll be fun.
0: That'll be fun. This, yeah. of course, this also could have really happened on any dynamite or um, anything, but
1: yeah, yeah.
0: But again, uh, they obviously need to fill a spot. A uh, decent little match. And then uh, the pre-show wrapped up with Eddie Kingston and Akiyama.
1: Very fun. Very fun match here.
0: And I actually, I believe it was uh, three rating Mr. Meltzer gave this.
1: Yeah, that's fair.
0: And and what I enjoyed actually more, Eddie get on the mic at the end. He that was uh, fun. kind of a little hype before the main, uh, the pay-per-view started.
1: Yes, he was, he just talked about how happy he was to, like, have the match, and then he kind of ran down some of the big matches of the card, and then it was a little funny, because I could tell that this really wasn't a scripted promo, it was just some fun little Eddie Kingston playing with the crowd, and I thought it was fun. I would, I love Eddie Kingston so very much.
0: It looked completely off script, like, it was not planned at all, which is kind of cool, I like that feel every now and then.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So the pay-per-view starts out, uh, little grunge match with jungle boy and luchasaurus in a steel cage
1: this match was so good it was not only like a really good match it exceeded my expectations by so much i love this so much
0: i think uh one little footnote i had on this one is the fact that the wwe passed on luchasaurus however many years ago uh, before the luchasaurus and that might have been a mistake on their end I believe um, it but was, he he's a really, ADW.
1: yeah, he's, like, a really captivating character, but also, like, Luchasaurus is more of, like, a, it's less of a serious, like, gimmick, like, Eddie Kingston or whatever, it's more of just, like, a fun gimmick that feel is giving indie vibes, but also, like, he's a really, really good athlete for someone of his size, and Jungle Boy and him really put on a show, especially in the cage with no rules, and the story they've had, I really enjoyed this a lot
0: absolutely uh it was good enough to break four stars by uncle dave or in a quarter not Uh, bad bad. i I do like any as a cage match i enjoy it because it's it brings back school gimmick yeah it's basic but um they use the cage well and it worked very well in this this instance i thought
1: Yes, for sure. Um,
0: Jungle I Boy could... goes over by submission in 18 uh, minutes and 40 seconds.
1: I could be wrong, but I believe there's only been three cage matches in AEW, being Cody versus Wardlow, the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Bros, and then or Jungle Boy Jack Perry. And all, and all three of those are really good, good, so I love how AEW is presenting the steel cage. And I think this is another like good way to add to that.
0: Yeah, and that tag match you just mentioned, that's one of my favorite matches ever done by the promotion thus far. I think
1: that is in the conversation for the greatest cage match in promotion. That was so good.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So so clearly their booking with that gimmick has done very well for them thus far. Very much. And uh, moving forward, uh, a trios match, okay, the death triangle and the elite, the elite coming back after a lot of um controversy, as we all know, with mm-hmm. uh, um, the man formerly known as CM Punk.
1: <laughs> formerly known as CM Punk. <laughs> um,
0: I thought this was a pretty damn good match. Dave Melter gave it four and three quarter stars, <laughs> which I, I th- it was a
1: good match, but my god, Dave. <laughs> I mean, it was good. Like, I'm not trying to like (laughs) disrespect any of the performers involved because it was a really, really good match. It's just like (laughs) I don't think I'll ever get tired of laughing at Dave Meltzer's bias towards the elite. It's my favorite thing.
0: Well, I mean, it's it's uh, you know the kookamonga Kids and Twinkle Toes. I mean, yeah, automatically adds a star.
1: Oh, immediately! (laughs) I think one star per person, so it's an automatic three stars right there.
0: And and, uh, so the death trial triangle goes over. Very
1: shockingly to me.
0: Same. I I was surprised by that as well. Um, And then we find out this is only one of seven.
1: Yes, they have since had two more matches. The Death Triangle won and on the next episode of Dynamite, and then just this past Wednesday, the Elite won. So it's currently two against one. The first team to four wins will be crowned the trio's champions. And yeah, uh, both matches were just as good. These guys have great chemistry, and I don't think I would take a best of seven from just anybody, but these two teams, I will gladly sit back and watch them fight seven times.
0: Oh, absolutely! Like I definitely hope the best of seven does doesn't become a regular thing. However, in this situation, I I, I get it. One thing I wanted, I think you and I have discussed in the past, uh, oversaturations of titles. Me personally, I'm not a fan of a trio's title. I and I might say that because I'm old school and it's a thing. And but I just feel. Like too many titles water down the promotion as a whole. It's that- a fair.
1: Especially with AEW, they not only have, I believe, their seven active championships, they also have uh, uh, Ring of Honor, which Tony Khan owns, and they, those titles are regularly defended. And also they have like AAA and New Japan that they work with, and they had Impact last year. So I agree, I feel like title the too many titles is a little bit much, but I don't mind the trios championships, especially because it's AEW, and they have so many really, really good trios, but I see what your point.
0: Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So it, it's as you said, the, the, there's so many trios. Um, So yeah, wh- why wouldn't you? But at the same time, I, it's, it's just not my thing. Um, and, and if they were going to eliminate titles, it, m- maybe not this one and other ones, but just, I, I feel like if, when you're a champion, that you should stick out. You shouldn't be one of 20 champions. You should be one of a couple. That's what? just my, my thing. That's my bitch for the day
1: that's fair that's fair
0: (laughs) moving on and speaking of unnecessary titles the tbs title on the line with jade cargill and nyla rose
1: Yeah, this was, you know, it was fine. I think it was quite comfortably the worst thing on a very, very solid show. It was fine. I'm not personally a huge fan of Nyla Rose. And also, uh, Jade Cargill, I like her. Like, I, I think she has the look of a star and she's not terrible. But Nyla Rose is certainly not the person to carry her to a five star. I think it was all right, but nothing to go out of your way to see
0: and uh Mr. Meltzer agrees with you uh this was the lowest rated match on the show two stars in eight minutes yeah um not a whole lot to see there nothing um of no offense to either one of them nothing of uh super importance yeah uh, and then a four-way would be next with Chris Jericho ring of Honor champion. Uh, as Brian Danielson, Claudio, and Sammy Guevara, they gave these guy these four gentlemen quite a bit of time. Twenty. Uh, I uh, yeah. I quite
1: enjoyed this. I thought this was a tremendous load of fun. This match was,
0: and I like the the four that they involved in it. I like that little story, obviously with uh, the affiliation with Jericho and Sammy. Yep. Um. Uh, Jericho goes over in a four and a half star match
1: very fun i think it was a really good match I am, I was not into it when Chris Jericho first won the Ring of Honor title, but now the whole, his whole gimmick of he's going to destroy the legacy of Ring of Honor, I'm really enjoying it because it's leading to Jericho putting on the best matches of the year, like he's 20 and he's like, what, pushing 50 and he's doing some of the best work of his career. I love the story. I love the matches he's having. I'm really into Jericho and a lot of it is due to Ring of Honor.
0: You want to know what I've heard? Uh, some of Jericho's success for being able to for- perform at this level. What is that? Stage DDP Yoga. <laughs>
1: that makes sense. DDP is a miracle worker.
0: That DDP man, I like that guy. He's he doing is good. very cool guy. Um, about Ring of Honor, though. Quick, I, I believe I mentioned this to you a couple weeks ago. Last time I saw you. I would prefer Ring of Honor to just have its own show.
1: For sure. I think that Rampage, like, for AEW, has become such a missable show that it would do a lot better to just, like, convert that to ring of honor television i'm not a businessman or in wrestling so i don't know if that's possible but i would start leaning more towards ring of honor because i think if you just throw all the ring of honor titles on aew and say buy this ring of honor pay-per-view because their titles were on our show i don't think that's gonna work so if they were gonna build it more on their own tv show i think that'd be a little bit better and i know i'd watch it because rampage has become quite missable
0: true so uh, uh correct me if i'm wrong so your idea would be a ring of honor show but include ring of honor matches title defenses so on and so forth on yeah, paper like honor
1: used to have their own like ring of honor used to have their own television show i would go back to that personally i don't know if it's possible like i said but ring of honor still does their own pay-per-views they did final battle and um they was the, Death for Dishonor, and in a couple weeks they're doing Final Battle, and it's going to be, I, they were all both of the other two I just mentioned were good but I feel like the build was really lacking for both, because there's not enough programming to represent two companies, and with the influx of talent and titles, it's hard to build two companies hours a week
0: exactly and and well I it, to me it's kind of like the way they're doing it though because it's like confusion as to who and what is what yeah you yeah. know what I mean like who is so Jericho is the ring of honor champion but we know he works and is signed under Tony Khan and sometimes he's here sometimes he's there it, it, it's just like a kind of a mix of it, is,
1: it is and there's like also a lot AEW talent that i would love to see going right like eddie kingston going to wrestle in ring of honor i think that'd be awesome there's a lot of ring of honor originals like christopher daniels and frankie kazarian who i would love to go see wrestle in ring of honor uh get like one last run for uh christopher daniels or just, that was just an example but like i right. think a ring of honor weekly show could be really awesome to
0: like uh like a brand split
1: yes exactly i don't think yeah. you have to go full like you know vince and uh rick flair like doing a draft or whatever but like you could like slowly integrate more ring of honor and then turn rampage over i guess because dynamite is a flagship show that's like their own their raw right but rampage i don't really think could be they could call it like roh rampage maybe this is just like i'm just throwing stuff at the wall but like yeah i think yeah. it'd be able to have a rampage a ring of honor show
0: that's why we're here is, is for yeah. sport, uh, yeah. and uh, showing our our excellence of uh, booking, but but no, I agree with you. I think that would be in in the time slot for rampage, kind of not great. I mean, it's late no. at night. Um, I know Jr. over there to to try to help work with those with that show, but yeah. and I mean, and he's at a point in his career where better um mm-hmm. th- that makes sense but no i feel like there's they could do a lot of things to uh vamp up a second show other than they could. Doing they could. that i mean rampage only really had one good um viewer night and that was the first night when punk returned it, um obviously you know and then yeah. up- died off after that I think a change needs to be made there. I think we're on to something. I I really hope they go that route.
1: That'd be cool. That'd be cool.
0: So then uh, an interesting match coming up on this card, uh, Soraya and Britt Baker. And I enjoyed the build. I I think wrestling fans were happy to see Major Soraya back. Uh, This was her first match, I believe, in five years.
1: It was December of 2017, I believe, she had her final match. So that sounds about right. Yeah,
0: so about five years. Um, Not going to lie, a little rusty. Um, yeah,
1: I didn't think that it was perfect. There were a couple moments where, like, you could see Soraya hasn't done this in a while, but Britt Baker's a pro, and I think she was a perfect first opponent, and yeah. I don't, like, look at this and think, oh, Sarai is never going to be what she once was. I just think she has a little bit of ring rust, and I think that that will change over time because she is and always will be a very, very talented performer.
0: Absolutely, and and a lot of people argue she was um, this really the beginning of the women's revolution um and and... it really
1: was a lot of people say that it was like the four horsewomen which you know that is fair sasha and bailey is like what made people start to care about women's wrestling but like it really all started with like Paige and emma who like they started the nxt women's division then natalia came in and then charlotte came in and then they started like building it up so Paige is responsible for like a lot of growth in women's wrestling and i don't think she gets the love she deserves for that
0: Exactly, the way I feel about her or uh, Paige, Sharia, whatever, is yeah. you know there was a lull in now going a little off topic because we're talking about WWE. Um, because there was no AEW at the time. Yeah, there was a huge lull in in women's talent for many years. I feel like AJ Lee sparked things until Paige debuted and they were able to actually build a good feud and it, obviously the Bellas and the Four Horsewomen and there was a lot that kept that up and made it what it is today but she was a crucial part of that and and yeah. there's no denying her abilities all around in her own, her character so on and so forth so it's a good pickup for AEW for sure going forward. Definitely.
1: And she has since, like, Soraya is now building a feud with the uh, AEW Women's World Champion. I I won't say who it is, in case you haven't seen the show, because we'll talk about it later. But that is a thing that I'd like to see. I don't know if they're going to put the belt on her, but I think there's things in the future for her.
0: Absolutely. Um, Yeah. And growing that is key and, and they have done that immensely since they uh the promotion started in,
1: they in, really have they really have
0: i mean you kind of had to with where the wwe's women's roster was and still is um mm-hmm. you can't really black on that today uh so i i was happy with this uh dave gave this two and a quarter stars with Soraya going over uh Britain 12 and a half
1: Yeah, that's fair enough.
0: And then uh, moving on, we're getting closer to the back half of this card. Samoa Joe, Wardlow, and uh, Hobbs in the TNT title match.
1: This was fun. I think that I'm like a big fan of like big like Hoss fest in wrestling sometimes. Um, And I think this was okay. I was expecting a little bit more, but, like, I understand this was kind of just like a filler. The ending, though, was incredibly shocking for me with, like, Wardlow is hitting the symphony on Powerhouse Hobbs. And then Samoa Joe came in, hits Wardlow with the TNT title, locks in the coquina clutch on Hobbs, and he wins. Samoa Joe is now the ROH and TNT champion. Very shocking finish.
0: Kind of, some may say.
1: He did. And I think that's a good heel character. And it's going to set up Joe for probably, or Wardlow to probably get his belt back. I would assume. I'm not sure. Um, but it was a shocking moment. And I love Samoa Joe. So I was into this.
0: I am. I was into it as well. Uh, like you said, shocking moment. Nobody really saw the finish of coming, but it also kind of made sense. It was kind of a very joe thing to do i felt like
1: <laughs> yeah for sure and samoa joe has since started a feud with the current uh new japan or iwgp wrestler juice robinson and they are fighting a final battle for the tv championship which i think that's going to be really good too
0: put all the belts on joe who exactly.
1: cares give him more belts
0: well let's go he's gonna um, beat
1: ftr at this point
0: and uh, so joe speaking of joe real quick before we move on like uh, he would if we're Booking a Ring of Honor show. I would like Joe to be in. A, a part. Oh,
1: sure. Samoa Joe. I think should be. I said th- like I've, I'm not going to claim to be the biggest Ring of Honor fan or historian ever. But like from what I know, he's one of, if not the best Ring of Honor champions ever. So yeah, absolutely. a lot in that company's past.
0: Absolutely. A um, uh, huge history with with Punk amongst others, uh, Chris Hero, so on and so forth. Like you said, a huge part of that promotion from the past, yeah. um, you know, the prior indie darling, uh, so to speak, before his TNA days. But yeah, no, that would that would be cool. But the TNT title's good for him, too. I, I just like seeing Joe doing something because I, I was overall disappointed in, in his WWE run, not necessarily him, but more how he was booked over there. Yeah, um, I feel like there I was just a don't lot want to see him, there. yeah
1: but yeah fun little match here
0: fun little match two and three quarter stars
1: fair that's pretty fair i'd probably give it right around there too
0: um a tag team match uh next on the billing sting and darby allen and jeff jarrett and jay lethal this had (laughs) tna written all over it but uh... it really did I for one and and, you know people can say what they want about Jeff Jarrett. I was I'm glad to have him back and I'm glad. Oh I love I love
1: Jeff Jarrett. I don't know why. I wasn't like I don't know why, but I've always loved Jeff Jarrett. I think he's such a good heel. I think he's a great character. I think he's so good on the mic, except for, you know, slap nuts. I love Jeff Jarrett (laughs) so much.
0: Don't piss him off.
1: (laughs) Slap nuts
0: legend legend i love it i kind of want a slapnut shirt can i buy a slapnut shirt on wrestlingtees.com? com? oh i haven't is.
1: seen one but i'm sure you will be able to eventually
0: oh merry christmas to greg yeah. so <laughs> um three and a quarter stars
1: yeah uh, it was, this was some fun little you know darby and sting like cool the crowd down or like get the crowd excited again uh, it was cool. I was, there was no, like, crazy Sting death-defying spot, which makes sense. But, like, you know, Sting is an animal.
0: Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean the guy's, if he's not 60, he's pushing 60. Uh, I
1: believe he's, like, I could be wrong, but I looked this up recently. I believe he's, like, 62.
0: Okay. Well, <laughs> talk about a legend. And I know. A lot of times, I like what AEW's done with Sting. Um, being
1: like a mentor, like, I guess, father ish to Darby Allen. And it like really works. I love Darby and I love Sting, and their pairing has paid off so much.
0: It has. And obviously stings on the latter. (laughs) Well, the latter half of his career, but I would um, say
1: that would be accurate about 30 years ago.
0: It's just cool to still have him around and still doing it and still being pretty entertaining to watch
1: he is very entertaining to watch uh
0: the women's championship match jamie hater and tony storm now this at the time was for the interim title held by tony storm uh a few days after this on dynamite um it became official um thunder rosa relinquished it so Jamie Hader goes over and and I didn't look deep into this. Does this mean Tony Storm's run was an official title run?
1: Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. So I would I for I would forgive you for not hearing it because it was barely mentioned on commentary so quickly. But to- or uh, what's his name, Excalibur, just like very casually said this also means Tony Storm's reign is official and she was the women's champion for sixty something days. And that's like you know that's fine. I understand it, but like. I feel like AEW should probably be done with the interim stuff because this is like the second time there's been a lot of interim Cause the, there was this and then the whole CM Punk and Moxley stuff that led to the squash match. And it, yeah. and then the Cody Rhodes thing earlier this year when like he was the interim champion or I, or was Sammy the, inter- I can't remember, but it was the weird thing. The interim championship in theory makes sense in like actual boxing and wrestling, but in pro wrestling, I feel like it works a lot differently.
0: Thank you for bringing that up because I was about to um, segue into that super quickly interim titles are a thing in in real competition and we're talking mma boxing etc etc yep and that makes sense when a champion is hurt you fill that champion you you get a interim champion and then the interim champion uh then fights uh thus uh actual champion when the actual champion is healed makes sense in that market and i kind of there's a part of me that likes the idea in pro wrestling i liked it
1: initially, but it's become so messy and he, he it's become very
0: it's messy and it really i don't think it's worked how they wanted it to work and i like the idea of doing it try to make the real feel however let's leave basics with basics here this is yeah. pro wrestling not uh the ufc so it hasn't worked as well. It didn't work here. Regardless, Jamie Hayter goes over. In, this uh,
1: match was... Talk about exceeding my expectations. This match ruled.
0: Now, Dave gave it three and a half. Really? Um,
1: I think this is at least four. I love this match so much.
0: Yeah, yeah. He didn't... You're right. I, I don't think he liked it as much as many. But, but regardless, it was... um For two that i think on the grand spectrum of all women maybe not as prized as some it was still a great title match it, it, it was I, a really I mean, good
1: t- the crowd was insanely hot and behind jamie hater yes. and the match was good there was a lot of good spots and near fall there was a ton of near falls i would argue a little bit too many but there was a lot of really good near falls and i love this match so very much and jamie hater winning like to me personally that was really shocking I was not expecting that at all and she's a great performer so I think she
0: deserves it absolutely Um, like you said I mean she's got a lot of steam going right now and and the crowd reaction at this event shows that Yeah, Uh, Storm like you know she really WWE par in in a lot of ways I guess Um, even in
1: NXT I feel like she never really got her full potential because she is absolutely fantastic
0: yeah and it's just and it's like real life right like sometimes uh you take a job somewhere and it doesn't work out doesn't mean it doesn't work out somewhere else and it just for for whatever reason they didn't have the right place for her there and it's really good that Tony Storm uh has been able to shine the last handful of months in AEW and um like like you said this probably exceeded most expectations
1: oh for sure i know it exceeded mine by quite a bit
0: absolutely yeah so getting down to the end of the show uh i think the maybe the best at least gimmick in wrestling today the acclaimed (laughs) tag team champions defending against swerve of glory swerve strickland and uh keith lee bearcat Formerly known as Bearcat Keithley, don't.
1: I will leave this podcast. I will never appear <laughs> again. <laughs>
0: I'm going to start calling you Bearcat Coleman. So, I
1: quit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this was a uh, a pretty damn good match with uh, a nice little twist uh, towards the end of it. As far as where the Swerve of Glory um, were at um yeah i i
1: liked this match i think it's pretty comfortably the weakest of these two teams trilogies but i think it was still fun but all four guys are very very talented i love keith lee and i always have swerve is fantastic and the acclaimed are on the run of their lives right now and i liked it a lot these guys have good chemistry but i think like i said it's probably the weakest of the trilogy but still really good
0: Uh, dave still gave it uh three and three quarters Fair enough, fair enough. I feel like that's very fair. For yeah. uh, they uh, these four gentlemen had 19 minutes and 40 seconds to do their work. Uh, Acclaim did and Keith Lee had a bit of oh, things the way Swerve did in such a heel way in this match.
1: I know, I love the whole like Keith Lee character dynamic of is he gonna turn or is he not gonna turn? Yeah. And- ultimately he refused to cheat which led to him walking away and then letting the acclaimed get the win and it was a really good ending character wise to a very fun match
0: Liked where how it ended. Um, yeah, I, I think the right team won. Uh, the they acclaimed are right hot right now, scissor me daddy. So.
1: How, yeah, <laughs> however, though, did you see that we are recording this on what is it? Is it a uh, it's a Saturday, right? This yeah. Wednesday, they are fighting FTR for the tag team titles, and I think that that's going to be incredible.
0: That's going to be an incredible match. Um, oh, I that's but that's I good. think the game should keep this run going.
1: I think the Acclaimed will win because of the reports that FTR are looking at post AEW options. And I think that if that's true, then give it to the Acclaimed. But also, it's a little bit sad to see that the Acclaimed's hot streak kind of a little bit came at the expense of FTR because they were also really hot this year when the Young Bucks were champions for two seconds. But, you know, they still like FTR are great, but the Acclaimed are doing really good work right now.
0: Absolutely. So, and it's good to see the AEW tag team division thriving. They're very, very. Um, So, yeah, I uh, will keep on scissoring all through the holidays here.
1: Scissor all through the holidays. It'll be so awesome.
0: (laughs) Moving on to our main event the AEW world title on the line. Maxwell Jacob Friedman uh, coming in against defending champion John moxley and uh some fun little stuff here john moxley has uh the most AEW world title reigns with three yep uh fun fact he is also the heaviest champion that the promotion has seen at only 235 pounds
1: really is he heavier than jericho Uh,
0: apparently um i mean but all the champions that they've had are all fairly the same size because the yeah, light I would
1: say it went who was yeah okay so it was Jericho moxley and then it would have been Kenny then hangman and then Punk and then now mjf because moxley won it so yeah they were all relatively the same build
0: and, and yeah hangman page and now I don't think this is um actual body weight um I think this is based off of uh build weight but regardless hangman page is the smallest, only twenty pounds lighter than the heaviest guy, Moxley at two hundred and
1: fifteen. Yeah, they're all within the same body type, I would say.
0: Right. So it's just funny they uh, they have a they have a thing. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, John Moxley also has been the uh, combined wise has been champion in the promotion longer than anybody else. One day longer than Kenny Omega's one. Uh, or sorry, one run of. 346 days moxley has three reigns 347 days as champion
1: i just feel so bad for moxley every time he's won the world title something has sullied it like the first time it was the pandemic and then the second time he won it was when he did the whole cm punk squash angle which was just to give punk the belt back yeah and then the third time he won it was when he was only was after the CM Punk press conference, and that was only to put it on MJF. So I feel a little bad for Moxley, but also at the same time, he's been like, he was kind of there through all of CM Punk's really crappy year, like his whole foot injury before, uh, after Double or Nothing, and then he was there after the press conference, and he put him through uh, All Out, which was a really good match. So Moxley's had a really good year
0: absolutely it's just like you said it's kind of sad like the the first run as you said uh the pandemic happened that really sours a lot of wrestling in general when you don't have a crowd right yeah Uh, that was at least a lengthy run it was a run
1: it was a a really good run too
0: right um but then other than that that the other two runs he really was just kind of a placeholder and that kind of stinks for him um In in a way, he's also a guy I feel like doesn't need a title, but um, is one of the top guys in the company. So there he sits.
1: He is. I would argue he's the biggest star at the moment. It's either him or MJF. And I think he is more well-known than MJF to casuals or people who don't know or watch AEW. They would probably know him as Dean Ambrose. So I would say he's their biggest star at the moment, but he's doing really good. He's had a really good year.
0: Absolutely. Now, but speaking of, uh, MJF though, I like the character and where they're going with it. When he returned a few months ago, he, you know, he's put himself out there. He was on a bunch of different podcasts. Um, Ariel Hawani, a bunch of barstool sports. He's, and it, it, it's funny because he did a lot of those mostly in character, but not really. And, but it gives you a little taste of um, the charisma that this guy really has.
1: It really does. It really and does.
0: I think if he's a smart guy, and I think playing his cards right moving forward, he's only going to grow and grow and grow.
1: He will. He will. He's so talented. He's only – and he's so, so young. So he has a really bright future.
0: Absolutely. 26 years old. So these two gentlemen, 23 minutes and 15 seconds uh, was what they worked in this main event. And since MJF's return in story, kind of looked like he was starting to go a little baby,
1: a eh, little baby. But... A little. He was starting to show signs of, I'd say more tweener than baby face, yeah. but you know, he was showing some character development, but that has all changed since now because of the ending of this here match.
0: So uh, this ending had a lot to do with uh, Mr. Regal. Now, Mr. yeah, uh, uh, leading the Blackpool, Blackpool Combat Club in Moxley's corner in a little shocking twist at the end of it. So there was not a dynamite diamond ring involved. However, brass nux
1: William Regal's patented brass nux
0: William Regal throws the Brass nux to MJF in a shocking turn after many verbal exchanges back and forth on Dynamite uh, weeks leading into this and MJF uses the NUX to win the world title
1: yes very very fun moment I predicted that this might happen but still even though I said that this was a possibility it was still really shocking when it happened and it was a really really fun ending to a very very exceptional match too
0: Absolutely. Uh, four stars by Dirty Dave. Sure, I felt it was turn. solid. I, I felt like now, according to his uh, ratings here, I feel like four is fair, I, but why did Twinkle Toes and the Cucamonga Kids get four and three quarters when this so was... Oh.
1: Twinkle Toes and the Cucamonga Kids.
0: Yeah, because I felt like <laughs> it, was, it wasn't the same match, but I feel like it was... Um, it should have been rated around the same but yeah. but regardless um
1: i mean did you i'm sure a lot of people have heard but kenny omega is set to fight will osprey this january in new japan for wrestle kingdom 16 or 17 i can't remember and i can already smell the eight stars dave melt is ready to throw at that
0: eight stars i, I was gonna give it 12 so oh, yeah <laughs> but regardless a <laughs> uh, little uh fun fact now the other three men I'm going to bring up were in the WWE, but MJF is only the fourth champion to win a title for the first time at the age of 26, being accompanied by The Rock, The Undertaker, and Yokozuna. Wow, I mean, so we... even
1: Yokozuna was like a big, like force of the New Generation era. Those are some very big names. He's now.
0: Yeah. So hey, we might have the birth of something. Andy's gonna be in a movie coming up, so which only
1: you know he's becoming a star right there when you star in a movie while a current wrestling champion.
0: Yeah, so and that's big for him too. You know, he's a world champion going into a movie about the Bon Erics and uh, co-starring with Zac Efron. Um, It's only gonna be up and up for him here.
1: He's so talented, though. This is a, it's so well deserved. And also, I just wanted to really quick talk about the whole William Regal thing. William Regal and MJF, their very first segment together, MJF turned on him. So they are no longer a partnership. That was not very long lasting.
0: Not at all. And uh, we'll get into the rumor mill here um, coming up in a bit. But ever since that little turn MJF did on Regal, now the rumors are flowing about Regal's contract in the AEW. Yes,
1: we will talk about that right after. What do we got next? Survivor Series action?
0: Survivor Series coming up next. We want to touch base on Survivor Series slash War Games. I I like this. So in the Triple H era, um, the big, big thing discussed is a lot of gimmick pay-per-views. Are going out the window. I
1: love that so much.
0: Absolutely, and and I, I will give you credit. You've touched on that long before this all started. I have been uh, saying
1: it for years since I become a wrestling fan. Like I don't mind the Royal Rumble or Elimination Chamber as much, but there's things like you know, there's things like Money in the Bank, which could be at WrestleMania, and Hell in a Cell, and TLC, and Extreme Rules. Like there's no need when you have things like Judgment Day and No Mercy and fully loaded or things like you have other pay-per-views with really good names and these stipulations like Hell in a Cell has completely lost what it used to be it's no longer a career or a feud ending devastating structure like it was when Mankind fell off it it's now just like oh it's October so we're gonna fight in the cell now
0: no you're right I think especially with Hell in a Cell because that's a match that isn't thats not that isn't that be intended and brought out for a purpose not oh we got an event named hell in a cell coming up we got to book something
1: yeah I, like, I, I, like, like it, a perfect perfect example was in 2021 where um Seth Rollins and Edge were having a very, very, very personal feud, and they ended it in a Hell in a Cell match. That is a perfect example of what the Cell should be used for, and I would argue it's the first time in a very long time that the Cell was properly used.
0: Yes. Yeah yeah absolutely because a lot we've seen so many over the last handful of years it it just it seems like a diluted pay-per-view with a a gimmick match that was once very arguably the greatest gimmick match uh, to yeah. to make So yeah so like stuff like that um that being changed is good however i i do like the war games coming back now the war games match itself in my opinion I mean, I guess the rules kind of really don't technically make sense because the match doesn't even start till all members of every team are in. But it's more or less the story being told throughout the match that makes it work. I before last um, event happened, I watched the War Games match from '97 at Fall Brawl, yeah. and that was the perfect example of where that match made a ton of sense because you had the NWO and the Horsemen and then leading to Mr. Perfect or Kurt Henning turning in the match. It was a very well-told story leading up and thus through the match. Um yeah, sure. So, and again, I think, especially with the men's side of things and what we're about to start covering, it's about the story. And I feel like this match, um, it, it fit this card very well.
1: It really did, and I don't mind if War Games became an annual thing for Survivor Series. I wouldn't object because Survivor Series has been lacking a big selling point for a long, long time. Yeah, Survivor sure. Series has the five on five and the Raw versus SmackDown stuff, but like, it really—that's not like me personally as a wrestling fan. I'm not going to go out and seek a show just to see which brand WWE presumes is better. Like, I don't really think that matters. At th- I think it should just be, like, a pay-per-view, and it used to be a big four, and it still is, but, like, it hasn't been treated like that in a very long time.
0: No, absolutely. And the War Games also, <clears throat> excuse me, um, so it, it does kind of correlate, in a sense, with the traditional five-on-five, because it's still five-on-five, right? Yeah.
1: Like it, in NXT, they I'm did four v four, but WWE did five v five, and I think it worked out a little bit better.
0: Yeah, yeah, it definitely adds um to uh the bigger matches, including you know including more people. Yeah, uh, Add story. Um, so this was uh last weekend, eleven twenty six at the TD Garden in Boston, Boston, Boston. Massachusetts. Boston. And with a disputed, I don't know why it's disputed, but I guess WWE has been known to tone a few, uh, tell a few fibs, a oh, disputed okay. attendance number of 15,609.
1: I mean, that sounds about right, but you know.
0: <laughs> it does. And um, I mean, that's, I don't think the garden holds that much more. And obviously you got to cut off um, some of the seating behind the, the staging area. So I, I feel like that sounds right
1: that sounds about right i would say but you know if people mm-hmm. want to argue about how many people were out of sheldon they can do that i'm not going to take part in that personally because i don't really care that much
0: no me neither so totally
1: only exact numbers if it's a hot crowd then you know i'm into it i don't care how many people are there
0: could be just you and i if we're going ballistic it's good right
1: exactly i mean nxt crowds had like what 200 people every week and they were some of the hottest wrestling fans in the world for a couple years
0: I'll, I'll do you one better. How about the ECW arena?
1: Even better. I mean, they were the d- most <laughs> diehard fans, arguably wrestling never seen, and it was awesome.
0: You you throw uh, Sandman and Sabu in front of fifty people. I'll tell you what. Let's go to town. Yeah. <laughs> so only uh, five matches on this pay per view. Uh, obviously, because two matches were war games matches: one men's, ones one women. Um, both nearly touching the 40 minute marker, and we opened the event with the women's war games match Team Bel Air versus Team Bailey. Bel side being Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss, Oscar, Mia Yim, and Becky Lynch, and with the heels on Bailey's side, it was Bailey herself, Dakota Kai, and uh, uh, um. Uh, I'm sorry, Nikki Cross, Rhea Ripley, and uh, did I say Dakota Kai? I'm missing somebody here.
1: Eo Sky. Eo
0: Sky. Sorry. Yeah, so so five on five. Um, what were your thoughts on this match? Almost this was the longest match on the card. Uh, Thirty-nine minutes and forty seconds.
1: Yeah, I have seen a lot of people praising this match pretty highly. Personally, and I haven't watched this since it was live. So maybe if I went back and checked it out. I wasn't a huge fan. I thought it was a little, not a little. I think it was pretty sloppy in places. And I don't I don't like using that word sloppy because, like, I'm not a pro wrestler. I can't imagine how hard it would be to get all those choreographed spots right. But also, like, you know, this is a really big deal. And there was quite a few botches and mistimed spots. There was a lot of talent and there was a lot of fun spots, too. But I wasn't a gigantic fan of the match, personally.
0: I agree with you and on top of that I feel like there there wasn't as much story as I would like or at least yeah. you know the selling points uh, um, now the men's side which we'll talk about in a few minutes different story there was
1: uh, enough and more storytelling in that one
0: yeah um but I just I'm not saying that this was like an unnecessary match if anything. I want, I, I like all the uh, women involved in it. It just there, there could have been another element there. Maybe we needed Vince Russo to to book this and add a little. Oh,
1: good lord! They would have been friggin' Bailey's Bailey's uh, old little hugger things on a pole or something.
0: Something, something. You know, something like, what are we fighting pole. for here? We Come need on, bro.
1: oh bro. <laughs>
0: team bel-air wins um four stars by uncle dave on this one
1: i would say it's a good like two and a half to three i didn't hate it and i don't mean to be too mean but i really like the war games match and my standards are pretty high to be honest and i wasn't a gigantic fan but i think all 10 women played a good part and i am a little bit glad that this bel-air and damage control feud is over and i'm just kind of excited to see rhea ripley versus bianca Belair. 'Cause I think that's the direction they're heading and I'm very okay with that.
0: I am too. Um yeah, I I Rhea, you know, obviously she's been a, a huge part of the judgment day, but she doesn't need a faction really. No, I, she yeah, I but I no don't get me wrong, I, I like her in that group, but um I would kinda like to see a title push in or just you know, her in that picture, so to speak. Yeah for yeah. sure for sure and then speaking of judgment day we had judgment day member finn balor against the phenomenal aj styles now back with the oc oh boy i
1: love this match i love this match
0: so much now uncle dave didn't agree with you i i really I with, well, yeah uncle dave only three and a quarter I quite liked it. I thought it was a very, very
1: fun match because, but I mean, I was expecting nothing less. It's AJ Styles and Finn Balor. Uh, I think it was really good, though. I was highly impressed with it.
0: Very, it was a very good match, and AJ got the nod on the win on this one, which uh... I
1: um I don't hate that. I think that it's a little, it's gonna hurt Damage Control. I mean, uh, Judgment Day a little bit because they've been like on a really hot streak and then a clean loss to aj styles who hasn't won that much recently might hurt them a little bit but i love aj and he has not gotten to win a pay-per-view match since get this money in the bank 2021 so i'm okay with it i love aj
0: yeah no so for that being said i i think aj needed a win here more than finn did um because judgment day has Like you said, they're they're hot as hell right now, and and since this pay per view, have picked up more wins. So AJ going over in this situation, I'm I'm cool with that. Um, I I, myself, AJ's not getting any younger, and I want I would love to see him back in a world title picture. Obviously, that is consumed by one Roman Reigns the last handful of years, and not not a lot. However,
1: though, however. The OC versus the Bloodline. I would think that would be pretty cool.
0: I would too. It, it's kind of the way the OC, especially in the in the Vince McMahon era, the way the OC was booked. Uh, before they came back, it, they got to build back up before they can take on the hot the Bloodline. I yeah,
1: I would think so too. I would think. I,
0: so. I think they got to get a little steam going, but I would love to see AJ back as a portrayed top guy. Now, I liked what they did with him and Omas and, and other things he's done in the last couple of years, uh, obviously in the retirement match for The Undertaker, but he's not getting younger. I'd like to see one more good run out of him on top, I should say, um, before it's all said and done, but regardless, good win for him.
1: Mm-hmm. Deserved, too. Deserved.
0: Excuse me. Absolutely. Now, out of every match we've discussed in w- what's going on an hour here, um, the worst match, pay-per-view match in in of the fall is next: Ronda Rousey and Shotzi
1: of the fall. Good lord! Of the year, maybe this was this was rough. This was rough. of the millennium. <laughs> this was real, real bad, and I, I, <laughs> I. I don't know what to say. I did not like this at all. I am not a Ronda Rousey fan. I've said that openly. She's a good UFC fighter. I don't think she's a good professional wrestler. And if there was anybody to carry her to a five-star, it's certainly not Shotzi.
0: No, it's not. No offense to either one of them, but they should not have been together.
1: No, if they were going to give Ronda, if they had to give her the belt, which I think... This is leading to Shayna taking it off her, which, you know, yes, please. I love Shayna. I feel like they could have gone with somebody like Raquel Rodriguez, maybe, to fight Ronda. I feel like somebody with a little more, like, how do I say this nicely? A little more talent to carry on <laughs> the a little that's bit. that's
0: good at their job.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean.
0: <laughs> like, Chauncey's not. Calling it how it is, folks.
1: is <laughs> not terrible, but she was hardly the person who was going to make Rhonda like relevant.
0: Right. And yeah, yeah. Uh, Dirty Dave gave this a star. Yeah. So, that's um, submission, victory, armbar, Rhonda Rousey. I wouldn't, you know what would have made this good is, um, As soon as Rousey got her submission on, we had an old WCW clip of Jericho with the list of a thousand holds. And he yells, Armbar!
1: Armbar, That would have made it better. Uh, However, though, about this match, did you hear who one of the producers was on this match?
0: I did not. Who produced it?
1: I have heard that this match was produced by Jason Jordan, which, you know, that's fine. But also, Brian Kendrick. Which is very interesting, he? because he was fired by WWE last year, and after being signed to AEW, he, like I was saying, this was this match was pretty shockingly produced by Brian Kendrick, who was last year uh, released by WWE, and then after signing with AEW, he was quickly terminated because of past comments he made about uh, the attacks of 9-11, which were very controversial, and... I think it was very shocking to see that he was back
0: here. Yeah, um, the Brian Kendrick that is. Um, the Brian Kendrick. <laughs> um, I mean, if, 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 I mean, we're talking about the worst, um, the worst match on the card here. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't think there was really anything anybody producing this could have done, but I'm, I'm hoping uh, Triple H brought him back for all the right reasons and uh i, was, I yeah. mean
1: the comments that he made were like years and years back and i'm hoping like that he wouldn't be brought back without the proper actions being taken right but that was pretty interesting to hear that he was one of the producers on this match
0: well i mean and, and you said the other one was jason jordan
1: that's what i've heard yes oh,
0: i wonder if uh... Him and uh, his dad, Kurt Angle, spent Thanksgiving together.
1: You know. Oh, I bet they must have. I bet they chugged milk so much.
0: So much milk. So but much. no, I mean, I, I'm all for if, if Triple H has the right guys in place to make good, entertaining shows, by all means, let Brian Kendrick uh, do his job and just keep his mouth shut from here on
1: out. I would say so. I would say so. <laughs>
0: um, the next match, number four on uh, the five-match card for the U.S. title. Seth Rollins, Bobby Lashley, Austin Theory.
1: Oh, I love this match. I, I like oh, this. I love I, this match.
0: I like all three, and and yeah. I liked um the, the chemistry the three had together because you have three different wrestlers here, three very very different wrestlers. So Rollins comes in defending champion. You have the powerhouse Bobby Lashley and Austin Theory trying to make a name for himself after uh botching his Money in the Bank cash-in attempt. Oh, boy. Now, after watching this match, I liked the fact that the Money in the Bank cash-in did not work.
1: So did I, because it really added to this match, in Theory's future character.
0: Absolutely, and uh, like you said, adds to his future character, adds to his charisma and build because of how they're telling the story. Now, he's got a chip on his shoulder, and I like that, because we've yeah. We haven't seen that really out of him thus far. So, Theory goes over here, stealing the U.S. title, making him a two-time U.S. title champion. I
1: think it was a great match, great spots, and the finish was so inventive. And like with Bobby Lashley or uh, Seth Rollins going for a suplex, Bobby Lashley catches him with a spear. Theory uh, or uh, Bobby Lashley falls outside of the ring. Theory falls on Seth and he gets the win. And I think it was a really fun finish. And the match, I loved it so much.
0: Four and a quarter by Dave. Very Um, fair. I I, I feel like I agree with that myself. I I, I would
1: say so, yeah.
0: um, Yeah, I mean, not much else to say, but I I think they they put the right guy over. Neither of the other guys really need a mid-card title. No, I don't think A.
1: so. I think they are both people who could be in the conversation for, like, who's going to be the next guy to fight Roman and stuff. That's how big the other two
0: are. Right. That being said, though, when when you're talking about Roman and the historic run that he's had, whoever does finally defeat him it has to be the right person, in my opinion.
1: No, I would say so.
0: Because if not, I feel like it makes the longevity of that run – It definitely you you have a good thing building now when when the time (sighs) Roman puts whoever beats Roman gains a lot of momentum and it's got to be the right person.
1: Yeah, I would say so too. And and I'm gonna I will let you know who my pick is to beat Roman or who I think should or who I think will when we talk about the Rumble after this because that will those two kind of coincide with each other.
0: Fair enough, but I definitely don't think Lashley. Lashley, possibly, yes. He's capable of being a world champion in many's eyes. Same with Rollins. And Rollins, there's at least a story, former Shield members, but at the same time, I it's not where I'm going in my head. That being said, I'm okay with them to being in the mid-card mix, but I feel like the major story is developed. And putting over Austin theory. I would say so. I would say so. Yeah. So <laughs> segueing into our main event of the evening at Survivor Series, War Games match number two of the night, the bloodline, Roman Reigns, Jimmy and Jay Uso, Solo Sokoa, Sammy Uso.
1: Sammy, I think it's Sammy Zayn, but also Sammy Uso would be an acceptable answer.
0: Samuel, thus far. And um, uh, taking on Kevin Owens with Drew McIntyre, Sheamus, Ridge Holland, and Butch.
1: Butch. I don't know how I've gotten behind Butch, but I can't get behind Gunther. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, the I, I, You know, I, I like that Sheamus is at least on a bit of a resurgence.
1: Sheamus is doing fantastic work lately. His mm-hmm. matches with Walter, or Gunther if you're snobby. Both of those were so good and I think that they hugely improved the very underrated career the Seamus has had.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And and I like um, you know, Holland and, and Butch, whatever yeah. the hell uh working with Seamus, I think that works.
1: I do too. I do I too. think
0: that works. And then McIntyre, you throw a, a strong guy like Drew in the mix and I really feel like but the story was KO and Sami Zayn uh in this match. So
1: And so when talking about this match, it's not like when I talk about my favorite war games, I talk about some of them like from 92 and like from 2019 with like crazy spots and near falls and teams and whatever. This is new. This is one of my new favorite ever war games matches solely because of the storytelling involved. This storytelling in this match was immaculate.
0: Not only just the match itself, obviously, but we had a lot of suspense uh going into it, right? And yeah. where Sammy's heart lied. We know um, there's been some trust issues in the bloodline, and then you bring KO back in the past history there. Yeah. It's really uh, developed a hell of a story here. And I think story of the year just flat out goes to Sammy Zane, Uso, whatever, Usi in the yep. Sky with Diamonds. Usi
1: in the Sky with Diamonds.
0: <laughs> so... But it all came uh, to fruition in this match. And,
1: and it did. And it worked so good.
0: It, it did. So, the spot where, you know, long we're kind of jumping ahead uh, into the late going of this match, Sammy low blowed. <laughs> and, which uh, hit the finisher off the J.
1: It was J, yes. Yeah, I so
0: J gets the, the pin.
1: Yeah, so Sammy and Kevin were fighting a little bit. Sami Zayn was deciding, am I going to sign with Bloodline or Kevin Owens? And then he low blows KO to show where his allegiance lies and allows the person who's been doubting him, Jay Uso, to hit the frog splash for the win. And it was a beautiful ending.
0: And and not to mention right before that, KO had Roman Ted uh, pinned center of the ring before he, did. He, did. he stopped the ref from counting. And that was yeah. the beginning of that solidification on on where Sammy lies
1: it was it was
0: where Sammy lies now we're going to get into this just a little bit with you I'm going to pick your brain are you with me on this that Sammy will at some point pick his right spot and eventually get out of the bloodline
1: if it were up to me I would say Sammy Zane eventually like comes to his senses a little bit and then I would say either he leaves the bloodline or the bloodline leaves him. Either way, I want to see Kevin Owens eventually go back with Sammy and possibly see those two be the ones that have thrown the uss
0: My hot take, because we're going to be segueing out of uh, our pay-per-view talk into our rumor mill. Rumor mill. Um, <laughs> so, <coughs> here segwaying and bloodline wins if we already didn't say that I and mean, we whoever's listening probably already knew that so anyways if sammy's gonna do i i think the timing would have been wrong for sammy to break his allegiance with the bloodline here Not however for- moving forward my take if and if the rock say comes back one scenario, and and he wrestles uh, Roman WrestleMania. Yep, Sammy. Here, here's my booking. I guess is where I'm going with this. Sammy turns. KO wins the belt off of Roman at the Rumble because if Reigns is going to rock at Mania, that match does not need titles.
1: That would be awesome because not only would it get the belts off Roman in a way that makes sense, it would also give Kevin Owens a well-deserved title. But it would also be like wonderful storytelling too. So I think that would actually—I never really thought of that—but that would be a really, really good idea.
0: You see what I'm saying It all? Depends the uh, uh, what lies at the finish line, right? Yeah, like, but but I, feel- I don't. I don't the the Sammy Uso thing that's going on it, it's hot right now it's too early to cut it at Survivor Series yeah. but in a potential at the Rumble or into Rumble season that happening um, where it, I think we're all speculating that Roman loses his titles around the Rumble or Mania or, or something at some point so there's got to be more meaning to the turn and and right now, keep building, keep the, the freight train rolling. It's not time to derail that yet. That's my opinion.
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
0: So so leading into Rumble season, as we're getting into the here, we've had some injuries this year, and I don't have an official injury list, but notable big names that have been on the shelf, uh, Randy Orton, Cody Rhodes, and Biggie Langston, or <laughs> I don't know why I said Langston. He <laughs> hasn't gone by that in years. Um, they're all on the shelf and the rumble coming around the corner. What do you think is going to happen going into the rumble?
1: I say that my, first of all, we'll just get this right out of the way. My prediction to win the rumble is Cody Rhodes. I think it's what makes the most sense. And I think looking at the people Roman's already beaten, Cody Rhodes is really the last logical person who has not already lost to Roman who I think that it could be. And I think it would be awesome because Cody Rhodes is a a once-in-a-generation talent. I'm a huge, huge, huge Cody Rhodes mark. I think that he's so good. I think in the ring, he's great. I think his character is great. I think he is one of the best on the mic in recent memory. I love Cody, and I think him beating Roman will be a really cool and, like, deserved moment for him.
0: Absolutely. I, I feel like that would have... That would have the same feel, in in a way, as the same booking as Daniel Bryan at Mania 30.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: And so he's not talked about anymore, but how they Chris Benoit at WrestleMania 20.
1: Yeah, I I think that, like, obviously they won't bring it up, but the Benoit analogy works a little bit better. Right. Because the... Benoit kind of overcame evolution and the whole Shawn Michaels stuff and everything with Triple H, and I think Cody Rhodes, like, going over the bloodline would be a great, great WrestleMania moment.
0: So, Roman Reigns' opponents going into future, Cody, obviously a lot of people think the way you do with that one, uh, yep. like, The Rock's been brought up a gazillion times, and God only knows. A lot of
1: sense, too, and that match would be a massive draw.
0: Right, um, and another one that I feel like it's a little farther out there is CM Punk. I mean, it's-
1: honestly, like if Triple H is a smart businessman, I think, I'm not saying if he's a smart businessman, put the belt on Punk. All I'm saying is think about it, because like it or not, CM Punk is a massive, massive draw. He is a huge merch seller. He is a huge reason why... AEW had such an incredibly successful last summer and CM Punk is like one of my personal favorites of all time. So if he were ever to come back to WWE, CM Punk and Roman Reigns, I'd watch that.
0: Do you you feel with how things gone on with Punk recently? I know there's a lot of people that seem to think uh, Punk's AEW run was maybe a little subpar in comparison to what he did a handful of years ago in the WWE. And how do you think he would be perceived coming back? Would it make sense? as storytelling wise going against Roman because Roman's the heel. I feel like punk works better as a heel.
1: I think that he, all right, here's the thing with Punk. I think CM Punk is a fantastic babyface and a fantastic heel, but I do agree from a character standpoint, unless we're talking about 2011 Pipe Bomb, he's a better heel, objectively. Right.
0: I just don't want to see what happened uh, in 2014. They bring back Batista as a babyface, and that backfired on him. was not yeah. achieved as a babyface. Uh,
1: baby so, This time, I don't think there's like a clear Daniel Bryan that everybody wants, which is part of the reason they turned on. Um, But still, Punk coming back, I think it would be controversial. And I think that it's possible he would work better as a heel. I see where you're coming from.
0: Okay, now we're doing a little bit of back and forth here. But when we're talking about The Rock possibly returning uh, in the Mania season, rumor has it... Rumor and innuendo on the interwebs. Solo, Sokoa, what are they doing with him, do you feel like, going forward? Because as we saw on Monday Night Raw this week, Sami Zayn and the Usos hugged it out. There was a little celebration, and we're on the same page. You didn't get that vibe from Solo before they got cut off by Kevin Owens.
1: All right, everybody, put your tinfoil hats on, because I got me a nice conspiracy theory.
0: Here we go. This is what I was looking for. Yes, all right.
1: This is something that I have been building as a conspiracy for a while now. I think Solosicola has no interest in furthering the bloodline. I think he wants to further himself. Because if you look back at so what Solosicola has done, he took the belts, he helped Roman Reigns win at Clash of the Castle, that's how he got into the Bloodline. I think Solo Sikoa is more interested in becoming a huge star for himself. If you look, go back and you look at what Solo Sikoa has done in the Bloodline, when they're all like racing the we're the one sign, he's never doing that. He's always in the background like just standing there motionless. He was on Sami Zayn's side until now that they all like him, he doesn't like Sami Zayn anymore. Right. I think it's all connected, and I think it's possible Solo Sikoa is only there for himself.
0: And I like that, because I think, um, you know, we're talking to the rumor there, somebody had tweeted that when went all over the place, was Solo sent by the elders, obviously meaning The Rock, and they're all in the same family.
1: That would also work.
0: So that would work, right? But, But like you said, is he... Is the way his actions have been during these promos and, and and whatnot? Is it more he's thinking, I am my own man? I don't need this. I am a star on my own. Or their correlation with The Rock? It, you know, something's obviously going on because they, they teased it hard. Yeah. They, they have, they so really, Noah,
1: he's like a really good talent too. He's yeah. really, really, he's a good, like, brute like just like a brute like as a good wrestling hard-hitting brute of a wrestler and I think he's got a bright future. And I think if they start it with this whole bloodline story, I think that he has a bright future.
0: Absolutely. And and going forward into Rumble season, um going back to our uh multi-champion Roman Reigns, the the hot take is him and KO, obviously they're building the hell out of that story right now as we speak him and uh, roman reigns and ko at the rumble in a hell in a cell how do yeah you- that would be awesome do you think that's the right match
1: i for- think that when looking at hell in a cell it could be something where it's used for like career ending blood feuds but also it could also be used to like do what it was originally used for with dx and the undertaker just to keep other factions out, make it a good two v or one v one match, and I think that Hell in a Cell would work in this match.
0: Now, hot take: they're they're in a cell by themselves, allegedly. Yes. What if Roman, being the heel, gets one of his members in, Sami Zayn, to help him win, and that's that where Sami turns? Oh, <laughs> oh that be. You awesome. know what I'm saying. So you can use that device or that gimmick in favor of story in that situation, right? Yeah. So I that it'd be interesting to see because you know, and you know, I don't being spoiled, but I by I, I, I enjoy the rumors. It, it gets you thinking, and that's what us wrestling fans love, right? Oh, and, we
1: love it. We're like our own little detectives
0: over here. We <laughs> so. Um, I I feel like building into that. Um, I kind of like where that might be going. If maybe spoiler alert, maybe I'm right. Maybe a few uh month and a half from now we'll be, I'll be we'll be on a podcast and I'll be saying I told you so. But um,
1: oh, it's gonna be awesome,
0: baby. Um, <clears throat> another thing, uh, correlated storylines. We talked about the the heel turn with William Regal or Regal getting turned on. I should. Yeah. Say in AEW, his contract is coming to an end, and the hot rumor is is he is in communication with Mr. Triple H on a comeback. How do you feel about that, and how do you think they would use him? On- Alright,
1: so if it were up to me, The whole Triple H regime is kind of like taking back WWE from Vince McMahon, in a sense. Like, obviously, it's not accurate now, but, like, he was kind of burying Theory, who was a Vince guy. And he killed the 24-7 title. And he killed the Liv Morgan thing. And I think that he's just trying to, like, make it his own thing. And I think a good way to do that is to reintroduce general managers or authority figures. And I think Regal is so good at that.
0: He's very good at that. I'd like to see him stay on screen. Yeah. Like you mentioned, so uh, Riegel was uh, cut by McMahon, uh, you know, before all this uh, change in um, the pecking order at the top happened in the WWE. And like you said, uh, Triple H has made a ton of changes, bringing back talent, bringing back, I mean, as soon as as Vince McMahon hired uh, in a backstage role Jeff Jarrett, he almost as quickly fired by triple h and replaced by road dog i know <laughs> obviously triple h has a different vision and i but i believe it totally makes sense because triple h worked closely with regal with nxt for so many years and uh the duo of them together working again makes sense to me
1: i think so too
0: and Last but not least on my uh, my list of rumor uh, stuff going around right at the moment is Stone Cold Steve Austin coming back again at WrestleMania. Oh boy! How do you feel about that? And do you feel like it's he should ride off into the sunset after last year, or would you like to see him again? And and who would you like to see him go against if he does come back?
1: I feel like I'm having deja vu because we had this conversation one year ago when the rumors started coming out. Yes, we he did. might wrestle at WrestleMania 38. And now we're talking about he might wrestle again at 39, which is crazy to me. Um, I think no, personally, I think it would make a lot of sense for his last match to be in front of a rowdy Dallas crowd, a crazy, like, no-holes-barred type of no-rules, silly, Austin fun, ending with a stunner in Texas, closing the show at Mania. I think it was a really fitting end to his career, and I don't know if it's necessary that he comes back and has another one.
0: I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to see his career take a Ric Flair type of turn where it's, Uh, I'm retired, but not really. Oh, I'm retired again. Oh, but I'm coming back for another. Um,
1: Yeah. yeah. Because he
0: originally rode off into the sunset with no announcement of retiring. Uh, You know, at WrestleMania 19, he uh, did the job for The Rock and faded away. And it was a
1: fantastic ending. And if he had not wrestled at 38, I don't think we would be complaining about how his career ended. No, no.
0: However, I don't... Um, argue that at 38, that that was wrong for him. No, to- not
1: at all. That's what I was just gonna say.
0: I yeah. However, you're right. It. I just don't want it to see this big, prolonged thing. And
1: yeah, for, sure. I, for I, sure.
0: Yeah, but if if he does come back, who would you like to see it against? If
1: Stone Cold was to have another match, I don't even know. I've heard rumors that it could be John Cena, which. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know about that one I don't know how well those two would work I think I could see him fighting like Theory maybe because of their thing last year and right. Theory Young and a really really good seller Um, but I don't know who else I might want to see against Austin
0: so I've heard you know I've, I've heard the scene of rumor yeah. how do you feel about if they did bring back Punk and went the direction of Austin and Punk that dream match that we never got
1: just to see the promos, I'd be okay with it. The promos between Austin and Punk would be so good.
0: Right. I just feel like if there was a place and time for them to put on a classic, I don't know if the year 2023 will be it.
1: I don't think so either.
0: Um, And then I guess another guy that's slightly been in the rumor mill for that is Brock Lesnar.
1: I heard that briefly, and I wouldn't hate that, but also I feel like there's other things Brock could do, like do the uh, rubber match with Lashley. I think I'd like to see that more personally. Yeah.
0: yeah. But, you know, there is a little story going back from 02. Austin wouldn't do the job to Lesnar, and we never saw that. So there's a little story there. And Heyman, well, no, I'm sorry. Heyman couldn't sell that now. What the hell? Heyman couldn't pay back. But, anyways, um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm okay with any of it, I guess, but I, again, I I don't know if it's the right thing to do or not. But
1: I don't know if we should. I mean, if Austin wants to and you know he feels like it's right, I'm not going to tell him what to do. But personally, I think that he, him, uh, the him fading to black at WrestleMania 38 is a great way to end his career. Personally.
0: Absolutely. And I'm going to throw one more thing out there before we go. Okay. I have an idea for the Rumble. Oh, boy. And I hope somebody in WWE creative hears this. Okay, what is it? Dead serious. I think I think it's been a long time since we've seen this happen. Mick Foley entered the 1998 Royal Rumble as three characters. I would love to see Ezekiel, Elrod, and Elias, absolutely, and, 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 and yes. I think, think it'd Elias
1: be comes out first, and then he gets thrown out. Then he shaves his beard, brings out Ezekiel. Ezekiel gets thrown out. Costume change, number like twenty nine or thirty. rod.
0: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think it could work because and I'd like to kind of see something like that because I feel like. Last handful of years we've been underwhelmed with surprises as far as guys returning for like a nice rumble surprise and Weirdly but, we but you, you kinda gotta add you gotta have the serious element of the rumble because of the stipulation on the line and what um what it means to win that match. Yeah. However, wrestling, there's many elements to wrestling and I'd like to see a little of that comedy in there as well.
1: I think that would work, honestly.
0: You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. So, thank you very much, uh, everybody uh, tuning into this. Uh, we appreciate it, and uh, I'm sure we'll be back very soon. We'll we'll come up with something leading forward into Rumble season. I
1: was just going to say it's Rumble season, so I'll probably be. We'll probably do a few of these. I bet.
0: Absolutely, I think a review show on uh, maybe some Rumble should uh, start coming our way, Mr. Coleman.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great plan.
0: Let's do it up. So until next time, folks, take care and stay safe out there.
1: Yes.